1: This is the official Caps Church Podcast. Proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Poly Cupcakes. What's going on? Caps fans, as usual. We'll be talking about league news this Monday on this amazing episode that we have for you. Uh, we would be talking about the Washington Capitals, but as you, I'm sure, are aware, they're no longer in the playoffs. Boo-hoo. Uh, but there's tons of things to talk about as far as the matchups uh, that that are happening right now. And um, any other league news that we've got, we'll, we'll give it to you here. So, Pauly, I think we should just kind of pop some tabs and get right into it. What do you think? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right. So my bracket's broken, completely shattered into pieces. The only, the only, uh, left, the the only, like, pick I have standing is Colorado in the conference finals. What about you, Polly?
0: Um, I didn't even think
1: about bringing that up, so give me a second. Okay. Well, just so everybody knows, a quick update. Colorado uh, beat uh, Minnesota – or I'm sorry, St. Louis in six uh, after being really on the cusp of eliminating them in five. And pretty insane game. St. Louis storms back to force game six, but it just wasn't enough. Colorado beats them. Uh, they're moving on to the conference finals. Surprisingly to me, Calgary drops it in five. And Edmonton goes on to the Western Conference Final. So that matchup is set. The only thing that we're waiting on right now is in the East for Carolina, New York. The Rangers last night just forced a Game 7. So we'll have a, 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 a vaunted Game 7, the coveted Game 7, if you will, in the second round, which is the only Game 7. And then um, we've got Tampa Bay locked in, swept Florida out of the playoffs. Uh to move, and they've been just resting the, this whole time. Uh, they're they're set to go to another conference finals. Yeah, I mean, we literally are getting all four possible scenarios
0: in this round. We've had a four, five, six, and now a seven. And, right. Um, you know, now is our opportunity. Um, we were talking about this a day or two ago. You know, uh, I was wrong about Edmonton. You know, I really I gave them no love. I picked L.A. to beat them. Yeah. I didn't think they'd win game seven when they, you know, it didn't surprise me it went to seven games because I thought they couldn't handle it. Um, they won. And then they dominated round two. So, you know, the Oilers are, uh, you know, they have proved Pauly Cupcakes wrong, which I'm sure really helps. I- I'm sure I've given them plenty of bulletin board material. <laughs>
1: Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I thought you were off your fucking rocker to say, to pick L.A. out of that matchup anyways, but uh, I had Calgary going in uh, and beating them pretty handily. I thought it would go 6 or 7. It went 5, and the Edmonton Oilers are in the Western Conference Finals for the first time in a long time. Um, same with Colorado 0-6. Avalanche. What were you saying? Yeah, Um
0: 6 for the Oilers, I believe. Was their last time and, uh, the, I think it's, it's been exactly 20 years, finals the year after winning the cup in 01. But, um, yeah, so I pulled up my bracket, uh, and I had Calgary. So I've only got one team in the West and then I picked Florida to beat Tampa. So that's very wrong. If New York wins game seven, I'm 50% on the conference finals.
1: Yeah, I've got Carolina here uh, to move on to the conference finals in the East, so we'll see. That'll happen tonight as we're talking, correct, on Sunday?
0: Um, No, I thought it was Monday night.
1: Oh, yeah, because they played last night, right? Um, Yeah. So they're the only thing that we're waiting on to get into the conference final matchups. Yeah, so I assume
0: that'll start Wednesday, because uh, the West starts on Tuesday,
1: Interesting. So they're going to – everyone gets a little bit of a break, basically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm interested to see it. I mean, Tampa Bay and whoever. I mean, I, I think that the, the matchup – okay, first of all, a Edmonton-Colorado matchup. If you look at the West, like the two marquee teams that, you know, always have the spotlight around them, you know – McKinnon versus McDavid, we're getting everything we want. It seems like it's shake, shaken out uh, as, quote-unquote, the two best teams, or at least the two teams with the most uh, star power in the West are, are matching up. Wouldn't you agree, Polly? Absolutely. I mean, everybody keeps talking about how exciting it is that you're going to have
0: McDavid versus McKinnon. Um, you know, I really felt like McCarr was Colorado's MVP of the first round, but McKinnon and you know, maybe, uh, honorable mention, Caudry for the second round. Um, because, I mean, Cadre had some big moments, but I think McKinnon was the more, uh, more dominant throughout the entire series. But yeah, I mean, it's, I think, um, you know, people want to, want to compare McDavid and Matthews, but I think you can almost 1A, 1B McDavid or Matthews and McKinnon
1: as McDavid's counterpart. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. And, um, you know, I feel like it's rare that this happens in the conference finals, like the two marquee teams, like when the Caps and the Penguins were always playing, when they were in their, you know, heyday, uh, it was always the second round. And then the conference finals were just kind of like flat, right? I mean, it wasn't a super good match. I mean, it was just like a letdown in comparison to what we had just seen in the second round, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think an exception was that, that Tampa series, I
0: think, that the Caps won in 18 is pretty underrated.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's an incredible but, series, especially if you're a Caps fan. Um, yeah. But I mean, I'm talking, you know, and I guess at that point, those are the two high-powered teams, you know, in 2018. But I guess from from the perspective of a Caps fan, seeing the big matchups that you really just kind of yearn after... Uh, the West is delivering in the conference finals. Uh, in the in the past, like I feel like the conference finals, especially in the West, have been kind of flat. So I'm, I'm happy to see this. Uh, disappointed in Calgary though. Thought they'd put up a better fight, man.
0: Yeah, I mean, I thought I thought they'd dominate. Honestly, I, I thought Edmonton would be lucky to make it to six games, especially after that first game coming back, putting up nine goals. I mean, uh, right. I think. Uh, as a certain podcaster slash TNT analyst would say, Calgary's a fugazi.
1: <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, is that you know, Calgary all year, that was their game, like playing the good defensive game. You know, you've got Daryl Sutter behind the bench, like the guy who's known for protecting those one goal leads, but you know, you get into a shootout, that's the last thing you want to do with with an Edmonton team, right? Who's got all the who's definitely got the more star power, I'd say, in scoring ability. And then you look at Calgary, and I think they kind of just fell into Edmonton's game there a little too much, Let, uh, letting the, uh, the Oilers dictate that type of run-and-gun style, you know? Yeah, I mean, that's a real danger you face when you're a defensive
0: team. I see this a lot watching college hockey. Uh, I saw a lot with Notre Dame because that's who I watch, but I saw m- more teams of this in the tournament. You know, there's these teams that are comfortable with having a one-goal lead and just playing – shut down, uh, full team defense at that point, but it's so tempting to get lost in the run and gun game because if they put one or two up on you, you start to panic. Right. And then, you know, the speed is just going. And so you, you get a chance to grab the puck and you think, all right, well, we got to score now. We got to take our opportunities. You go down, you don't score.
1: And then it just feeds back into the run and gun team. Right. Absolutely. So, uh, Lesson learned there by Calgary, but uh, congratulations to the Oilers for finally breaking through. Uh yeah. what I mean, while we're at it, I mean let's let's review some of these matchups though. I mean, you know, I know you have the Avs and the Blues here, so so take us through it.
0: Audrey went into to Bennington. Looked like a very incidental play. I think it's ridiculous that people really thought it was on purpose, because if you watch the play, it looks like he got hit into Bennington. Right. But following this game Cadre was receiving death threats, racist stuff on uh, Twitter, Instagram DMs. You know, yeah. Stuff that was posted was just
1: really freaking terrible. And and um, it's important to note that Bennington, this was a, a playoff ending uh, collision with Codry. Yeah, Bennington did
0: sit out the rest of the series. But I think something that's lost on people is while Bennington had a very good first two games, he... Um, he wasn't the starter in the first round right. at the start because he wasn't playing well. So it's not like Bennington went out and some bum went in. Husso is a good goalie
1: who had taken the net from Bennington. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a poor excuse if you're hearing that from any Blues fans that you may know.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: But, you know, so Nazim
0: Khadri responded in game four by scoring a hat trick on the only three shots he took that game. It was, uh, it was a, a beautifully – Beautifully done game by Caudry. Um, and then, you know, the tensions were high. So David Perron went on a Jamie Ben psychopath type game. <laughs> you know, yeah. he, he had two goals. I mean, he played he played a good offensive game. But, you know, he had a collision with Caudry near the bench. Vujnevic knocked over Caudry. And then Perron, as Caudry's on the ground, like on his knees, cross-checked him in the, the head or the back, and then jumped on him and was just unloading punches on him while he was on the ice. Freaking terrible. Yeah. Then later in the game, Perron and Taze are tied up. They go down. After Perron slashes his stick out of his hand, <clears throat> when they're getting up, Perron comes up with a hard stick check or cup check between the legs. I mean, it was, it, it looked very painful. Uh, Free scumbag Taze antics worked. for sure. For sure. And then thirdly, after a Kadri a goal, which was at the end of a five-on-three, as Peron was in the box for, which I, he was in the box for, him and Buchnevich were in the box for what they had just done to Qadri. Perron came flying in, and you can watch on the replay, after Qadri had scored and was turning, Peron was trying to throw an elbow to the head, and Qadri caught sight of him and was able to dodge it. So he didn't get hit, but it, it was a pretty uh, – intent to injure was there. So yeah. all this said for Perron, he got a $5,000 fine for cross-checking, the maximum allowed under the CBA. That's <laughs> it. This All this crap that Perron did, and he got a $5,000 fine. That's it.
1: Right. And, you know, per, Perron's – David Perron's always had that mean streak in him. He's just now at the precipice of it all, like in the forefront of it, because he's having he's – ha- he's strung together a few really good years. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate to see, see a guy lose his mind in that way. Um, and on top of that, you know, I've, I've got to give props to Nazim Kadri for after the, uh, after that whole, all the racist stuff and, and then him scoring a hat trick and he just goes like, so for all the haters out there, that one's for you. Like talk about a oh, mic yeah. drop moment.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and then, the series just kept getting crazier. The the abs were winning in game five with five minutes to go. St. Louis ties it up. McKinnon goes coast to coast, has an amazing goal with like four minutes left. And then the Blues tied it up again and sent it to overtime and won in overtime. Then game six, the Blues stuck with the abs until the end. And Darren Helm scored the game winner with 5.6 seconds left. So, I mean, this this Wild. was a very competitive series. Um, there were a lot of clutch late goals by both teams. I think it was, um, I mean, probably the most entertaining second round series.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, there was definitely a lot, I mean, the battle of Alberta had its, had its moments for sure, but, uh, yeah, to see, and, and, you know, throughout the series, like McKinnon coming back, scoring a hat trick, trying to put the team on his back to eliminate St. Louis and doesn't get it done. And then finally finishing him off the next game, uh, it just I think that's kind of a watershed moment where you're like, okay, Colorado's for real at this point, right? I mean, they're a true contender. Yeah. I think the, they're living up to the hype at this point. Um, and I, I love to see it. You know, I didn't think the Blues – I think the Blues were overperforming this playoffs. Um, they have a decent team, but, you know, I, w- I never pinned them for a uh, Western Conference final, and they were, you know, what, one game away, two games away? Um, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, good for them, aside from their scumbag fans and their shitbag antics, uh, if you will. But, hey, it's the playoffs, right? Yeah. Um, And, yeah, I mean, I think that with the whole Perron thing, he got off easy, to say the least. For sure. Yeah. But you know what else you can get off easy with? is DraftKings Sportsbook. Hockey fans, the Pursuit of the Stanley Cup is on. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during playoffs? With DraftKings same-game parlays, you can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. <clears throat> what what else do we got here? I mean, we should go through probably a couple more series here. I mean, the Edmonton well, Oilers really just – I mean, after that first win by Calgary, uh, there was a couple nail biters. This was an awesome series in the sense of just the vitriol between the two teams. Usually, you know, you see like early in the period – like early in the game, the the boys generally like start fucking with each other. And it boils over somewhere in the second, and then, you know, halfway through the game, it's like, okay, now time to play hockey, right? Uh, and that did happen. But I think we skipped, like, the the courting phase of, like, cross-checks after every play, scrums after every play. It was just guys coming in, like, sh- throwing, like, face, blow, like, punch, trying to punch face. Like, as soon as you come in, there was no, like, jockeying for position, no shoving. It was just guys coming in and just, like, cold-cocking dudes. <laughs>
0: Yeah, there was no foreplay to
1: it. Yeah, it was just straight in. Just just straight in, penetration, balls deep, as, as far as you could go. Uh, and, you know, I mean, there were a ton of penalties, but at the same time, I mean, it just the Battle of Alberta was good, but I think I I, I can't help but, but be left wanting. I would have loved to see that series go seven. Yeah, I think, um, you know, as an Oiler fan, you're probably
0: relieved that, they were able to get it done quicker. But as, as someone right. who's a fan
1: of neither team, seven games
0: would have been nice.
1: Right. Exactly. Um, I was really loving the hatred there, though it seems like the uh, the Avs and Blues series kind of took over a little bit of that. Um, but, you know, I mean, what can you say? I, I I'm For those five games, it was an awesome series. Uh, I think it was a lot closer, though, than the final... Uh, I guess series score came down to um, ultimately I think that the somehow the Oilers star power just took over. And at this point we're finally seeing like McDavid dry combo coming into their hitting stride and, and performing in the uh, postseason. And then you have like Mike Smith who led in a goal from like the opposite blue line, and the defense of the Oilers just lock it down. Now, can they do that for a whole another series against an even better offense? I don't. I'm not convinced, but uh, it's got to be a pretty good, uh, at least relief for Connor McDavid, and especially for his longevity being an oiler. For you know, for him saying you know he's been very vocal about like, look, there's no excuse to be losing. Like four goals should be enough to win a win a game in playoffs. He said that this year. He's been vocal about the poor defense or the, uh, you know, lack of effort or whatever it may be in previous years. So something's finally resonating in that locker room, I'd say.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, how many times can one of the best guys to play the game give you, uh, you know, tell you that
1: our team needs to be better before you step up and do it? Right, right. You know, you think about it. I wonder what would have happened with the team if they were out uh, versus Calgary in this in in this playoffs. Uh, You know, tougher the Flames, but I think as far as investment goes, the Oilers are far have way more to lose from losing in the second round than, than the Flames.
0: Absolutely,
1: I think they're they're on the verge of an absolute panic if they lose that
0: that series.
1: Yeah, absolutely. For sure. Um, And then we'll we'll just quickly touch on the sweep by the Tampa Bay Lightnings on behalf of the – or victimizing the Florida Panthers. You know, I feel like this really is kind of like the the twist – and we talked about this last time so we won't have to beat the dead horse here. But it really does make us Caps fans, at least me, feel shitty about – losing to the Florida Panthers, especially when we had them in position to finish them off uh, several times throughout that series, to watch them go on to the second round and not win a single fucking game. Yeah. I mean, you sit there and you're like, why couldn't you have played that way against us? Right. Or more like the Caps, I think it's just verification that the Caps did truly have them on the ropes in some of these games and just couldn't couldn't get it yep. done, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. So... Uh, yeah, there's that. We're waiting the results of game seven on Monday, Memorial Day. By the way, happy or well, happy Memorial Day. If, if you're, uh, I guess it's not a great way to say it, but, uh, you know, Memorial Day is here. So thank you to all the veterans that uh, are listening and, and everyone who's served and anybody who's, you know, given the ultimate sacrifice for the United States. Absolutely. Yeah. Very grateful. Yep. Uh, all right, man. So that's the playoffs as it stands, at least in current current standing right now. A um, little bit of league news here. The NHL award winners to be announced starting June 1st. Is that right?
0: Yeah. So um, I, th- I think they still do the award show. Maybe not. I
1: don't know. But they'll start announcing one every day. Alright, wow, way to drum up the excitement NHL, good job (laughs) One every day, tune in Um, John Tortorella, interviewed with the Flyers As head coach, for the head coach position Uh, You know, if I'm the Flyers, it's just like, fuck Anything, anything at all (laughs) Sure, fine, put Torts in there Maybe they'll whip the young guys into shape get people to buy in, blocking shots and stuff. Uh, You know, (laughs) I don't know. I think that Torts isn't a bad coach by any means, but I think that there's better options out there. But then again, you look at the Flyers, I don't think that they're ready to be pushing. Do you?
0: No, I think they have a lot of roster moves to to execute before they can
1: really consider themselves in a position that they're (laughs) a legit contender. And you look at Tortorella, he has a track record of developing programs, right? So, you know, he did it in Columbus. Uh, he's done it in New York. Uh, you know, I mean, a little bit in Vancouver. I think that he's one of those before-you-make-a-push coaches. Yeah. With name-brand recognition.
0: Yeah, he's kind of like
1: – uh it's kind of like you bring in Torts and then you bring in Gallant after him. Right, or you know, he's he's the opposite of Laviolette, basically. Yeah, yeah. So interesting to see. We'll we'll be uh, we'll be watching whatever happens with the Flyers. Uh, you know, something that's working against Tortorella is that, like we just talked about, the head coaching market is rich in supply for this offseason. So it'll be interesting oh, yeah. to see who's bench bosses where uh, come the end of the season, and you know, we may not be over with hearing about firings as well. Oh, I'm sure we're not. Yeah.
0: What's the next, man? Jason says retired. 19 seasons. Um, you know, he's got second place in Sens history for goals, assists, and points, all behind Daniel Alfredson. And he's going to join the Toronto front office after, I think, the last two seasons. With Toronto, maybe three. Yeah. So, you know, he, he he was a household name, kind of fell off a little bit the last couple of years, but you know, he stayed in the lineup every now and then, and he was a good veteran presen- presence in Toronto. So, you know, congrats to him on a great career, and, uh, you know, hopefully he can be like a Stevie Y or a Joe Sakic in the office. Well, let's just say the Toronto
1: Maple Leafs need all the help they can get. Yeah. <laughs> um, quickly going right back to the Avs Blue Series. How about Darren Helm with the series clincher with five point six seconds left? That is ex Red Wing, Darren Helm, who won the cup with him in 09.
0: I know it's kind of it's a weird feeling. You know, can you imagine if Malkin did that next year for
1: the Caps? Yeah, and hey, who knows, maybe he will. <laughs> I mean, it's possible. As far as I know, Latang and Malkin have not come to deals with the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they're on they're free agents. So, um we may finally see the jettisoning of Malkin and Latang from the Pittsburgh Penguins. And honestly, as long as they don't land with the Washington Capitals, I'd love to see both those players in some basement team. Yeah like send them to Arizona. Yeah. Or, or Canada or Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. Or even Ottawa. Yeah. I'd love that. That'd be nice. Uh, I guess there's a lawsuit against hockey Canada and Canadian hockey league.
0: Yeah, there was, um, eight unnamed players of the 2018 Canadian world junior hockey team. Um, I believe it has since been settled and been, um, yeah, so it's no longer an open lawsuit, but, uh, I won't go into the, the nasty details. Cause, um, I, I believe it's a, it's a sexual assault, so you can look it up and read it, but it's pretty, pretty gross. What these guys did as a group to one person.
1: Mm. Unbelievable. All right. Well, and that's the Canadian national hockey team. Yeah, it was the World Junior Canadian
0: team. Brutal, brutal. But it said it said including but not limited to. So I guess not all of the people involved were on the roster. So I don't know if they were – I don't know how else they were involved, but it, it apparently wasn't just the, the World Junior team, but it was
1: quite a few. And it implicates some players that may be NHL players now. Yeah, most likely. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll ke- we'll keep the tabs on that and and let you know more as as news gets uh, out. Obviously, we do our best to report what has been, you know, deemed fact. As I'm sure there's going to be speculation running wild uh, on that one. But I guess we can uh, move forward with some injuries. Tom Wilson ended up tearing his ACL in, in round one and had surgery. He'll be out six to eight months. That's brutal, man. Yeah, I um, if it's eight months,
0: I believe that's January. Crazy. Yeah, so you know, it makes sense why he didn't come back.
1: Yeah, um, you know that injury didn't look terrible, so I mean, I mean, the fall didn't look like egregious, like he got his like leg twisted in half or anything. But uh, sometimes those are the worst, so. Best best wishes to Saint Thomas. I'm sure that the divine powers that be will will be aiding him in his journey. Absolutely. Brad Marchand had hip surgery on May 27th. Uh, he had a hip arthroscopy and labral repair on both hips. Expect recovery time is six months. That is a long time to get scoped and grinded, man. Um, this must be a pretty serious thing. Yeah. It sounds really nasty, especially the fact that it's both legs. Yeah. Wild. Um, I mean, it would be a shame to see Marshawn or Tom Wilson, you know, their careers cut short through this. Uh, you know, I feel like an ACL injury is much easier to come back from than, you know, your entire hips, both of your hips. But at the same time, uh, I'm sure that sure that both of those players are in for their fair share of struggle coming up next season.
0: Absolutely. Um,
1: yeah. Not a huge Marching fan, but yeah, wish him the best. Yeah, no doubt. Uh Chris Tamav could be out to for the start of the next season for the Flames because of a dislocated shoulder that will require surgery. He came back for the last game uh against Edmonton and I think the last two. And really tried to gut it out, but you could tell that he was hurt. Uh, You know, who knows what damage he did from returning, you know, before optimal time. Obviously, it required surgery. So, you know, uh, big part of that team. We'll see what happens next season. Yeah, that's, uh, that's playoff hockey. So, shout out to him for fighting through it, but that sucks yeah way to gut it out man that's crazy Uh, coming up we've got the result of Carolina New York do you want to do some predictions for the west though since it's since it's set up yeah um, I guess I'll say Colorado in six Ooh, I'm gonna go Colorado in seven all right and I'm being very conservative there. Uh, I think Colorado is going to win. I am fully – I think we're both fully on the Colorado bandwagon right now. Like, yeah. of all the teams that are left in it, I wouldn't mind seeing – and I know that I'm probably in the minority here, but I wouldn't mind seeing Tampa Bay be a three-peater. It would be the first time in, I've ever seen that happen in my life. So historically, it would be cool to witness that. Uh, also I kind of feel like Tampa Bay needs to do it to not be a fraud because I mean, I know you don't, you don't believe that the back-to-back cups were, were fraudulent in any way, but I think that we can both agree that they weren't normal season cups because they weren't right. Well, yeah, for sure. I mean, they had less games to go through. So, and they had, one of them was a bubble, so they didn't have to deal with travel. Right, right. And none of the other teams did either, so we'll give them that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, man, I mean, it's it'll be interesting to see. I think that, I think that Tampa Bay has the best shot to three-peat in all of NHL history. And, honestly, they seem to be fucking rolling. Like, you know, we look at the Colorado team. St. Louis put up a, a way better fight than they thought, but they still got over it. Uh, and I think that Colorado is looking very good. But if I'm thinking about a team that's absolutely, like, firing on all cylinders, has the experience of this late, you know, s- deep playoff run, uh, of all the teams that are in it right now, it's absolutely the Tampa Bay Lightning. So they truly are, like, you know, the ones holding the belt at the top of the pile, just, like, telling asking anybody if they want a shot at it.
0: Yeah, I mean, they are. I mean, um, it's
1: theirs to lose right now. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Um, Game seven, Carolina, Rangers. Who's going to win? Well, I'm just going to go with the Rangers because that's who I picked. I had Carolina, but the more that I see this whole Tony – like, I almost forgot about Tony D'Angelo, but – The more that I think about it, I I think Carolina is going to edge him out, unfortunately. Um, And I hate to see that Tony D'Angelo is the guy that's going to benefit from that the most, going into a conference final after being shunned from the league, basically, or shunned from his ex-team. But uh, I honestly wouldn't – I'm indifferent as far as – who makes it. I think both these teams would look great in a conference final. It would be incredible for the New York Rangers organization to have reached a conference final this quickly after announcing their rebuild. I mean, it's been a few years and they're already a contender. So, yeah. uh you look at Carolina and the excuse for them the past couple of years has been they're young. Well, I think they're starting to start starting to uh you know, show their actual promise, right? And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see. So, uh, I truly believe that this game seven is basically a coin toss. Uh, I won't absolutely hate either team moving on. Uh, I just kind of hope that Tony D'Angelo doesn't. <laughs> Maybe he can get, like, I don't know, injured. I hate to say it. <laughs> but, uh, but we'll see from there. Um, all right. So, I still, though, I'm thinking Tampa Bay is going to go to another Stanley Cup final. Yeah, I'd be surprised if they don't win the East. Yeah. So, we're in agreement. Colorado, Tampa Bay, Stanley Cup final. Yep. It's going to be a long, entertaining road there, folks. But that will be a matchup for the ages, man. Those And and for the first time in a long time, you've got the two best teams in the league going at it for a Stanley Cup and I mean yeah like hype best and also best of the season and also best in just I mean just the two best teams like if you were to tell me ask me who are the two best teams if you like pick two best teams at the start of the season to go to the Stanley Cup final and that's your pick these are the two teams that I'd pick Colorado and Tampa Bay yeah I mean they've stayed consistently good the whole time Yeah, so we may get – I mean, this is really a rare playoff where it's actually all worked out, you know? Well, for now. Right. (laughs) We'll see. If if it does happen, I should say. I don't want to jinx anyone. All right, Paul, you have anything else, man? No, I don't. All right, short epi this time. You know, there's not a lot of cap stuff to be talking about. We talked about Tom Wilson, hopefully, hoping he has the really great and, and easy recovery, comes back stronger than ever. Uh, on Thursday, we'll be talking about the World Championship. Is that right, Pauly? Yep. And we'll also be talking about an amazing show that just came out on Hulu called Shorezy. Until next – or until Thursday – Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, sign off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Troll podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly
0: on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok.
1: And follow the show's handle at Caps Chirp on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod on social and thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network, every team, everywhere. Check them out or we're not friends anymore.